Hey there, Crosswinds family and friends. Welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Thank you so much for taking some time and being a part of this podcast by listening to it. Uh, We're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. We, We try to do this in a fun and accessible way through interviews and practical instruction. Um, I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. Uh, Usually, this is where I give a shout out to Elijah Merrill, our producer, Um, but he's part of the panel. If you listened to the last podcast, uh, you know that. If you haven't, I challenge you to go back and listen to the last podcast, maybe even before you do this one. Uh, But I will give a shout out to our guest producer, Dave Wright. Thank you so much for for being a part of the podcast, Dave. I want to welcome back with me uh, our panel. Uh, I've got Ryan Samuels. Thanks for being here again. What's up, what's up? (laughs) Elijah Merrill. Always a privilege, thank you. And uh, Will Cooper. Thank you. We sort of ended um, the last podcast, and, and we were talking about topics, and 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 the reality of it is we, we came to realize that we could spend many, many podcasts talking about any one of these topics, and maybe that's what we need to do in the future is, is, is hit, a, hit some of these topics and, and break them down biblically. But since the overall mission that we put upon ourselves for these podcasts was to look at the sort of the cultural... Um, landscape, if you will, in which we live and what people are dealing with within that landscape, within the, within the cluster of people groups that, that both all three, Ryan, Elijah, and Will, live amongst, uh, we, we, um, we've decided I, w- I want to throw something out a little different for this podcast. And, and instead of just looking at the issues, one of the things we talked about in the last podcast was biblical literacy. And, and Will, you brought up interesting that you know, and this is this is certainly true. I think all of us who have been Christians, especially came to Christ before um, our twenties, had to go through um, sort of that understanding of, especially raising a Christian home, um, is this our faith or not? What's what's that faith going to look like? Um, you'll hear people say, "Well, that's my parents' faith, not mine." Mm-hmm. Um, which which is an interesting thing. I would say that if you claim to have faith in Christ and your parents' faith is a biblical faith, that's problematic if you're saying that's my parents' faith, not mine. Like, as I look at the three of you, you know, I know you well enough to know that you love Jesus, you love people, you love God's Word, uh, you're, you're, you're following after Jesus. And so I can say, in one sense, Elijah's faith is his, it's not mine, because it's personal. But another faith, another sense, I can say, well, we share the same faith. Um, because our guiding principle is God's Word. So if God's word is, is truth to us, and that, and that becomes, I think, a key question uh, for people to have to answer, if God's word is truth to us, then there's going to be a similarity of, of what we believe and, and, and how we live and what we believe is right and wrong. If we don't believe it's truth, then my question is, what is truth then? Like, you know, we can get into that conversation a little bit that, that if everyone gets to determine their own truth— that would explain all the division in our country. I mean, really, because who gets your truth, your truth, my truth, my truth. What happens when those truths collide? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and Will, in the last uh, podcast you talked about, you know, here you are, you're a freshman at a Christian school. You're in a program, um, Christian ministry program, so you're studying to be a full-time vocational pastor. You have others who came into that same program. And basically said, this isn't for me. And that's okay. Uh, but they weren't just saying, this isn't for me in a sense of vocational ministry. 
Um, they were saying sort of this faith journey isn't necessarily for me either. Would you unpack that a little bit? I mean, how did how did how did you experience that? And how you know, as you're having those conversations, what are they wrestling with there? Well, uh, I mean, we all know today that mental health is a big part of uh, just what's going on in our culture around us, and I think. Well, we obviously know that that's the devil. Like, that's not God that's putting that upon us, and that really fights with us. Um, yeah, it's always the world of flesh and the devil, right? Yeah. It's, it's our own weakness, perhaps. It, it could be um, biological. When I say weakness, I don't mean to put that upon someone and say, you're weak. I'm just saying all of us have um, biological realities that we have to deal with, genetics and so forth. And so it could be that. It could be our own selves. It, it could be the world, the pressures of the world, or it could be the enemy. Yeah. And those things really just are hard. And, you know, like we were just talking about, uh, if you're not biblically rooted, those things are easy to walk away from. Um, I've had friends and just hard conversations of people backing away and those things are happening and they just weren't biblically rooted. If you're not truly taking in what the Word says and doing what He wants us to do, becoming more like Jesus every day, then it is easier to walk away from faith and easier to go do other things and feel like you're not called there because when the hard stuff hits, you're going to walk away. We, we talked about uh, last time that like you don't enjoy faith all the time. There's going to be hard times, and you have to fight through that. And if you live in that mindset where uh, faith is always going to be that high, you're always going to have the best moments, and there's nothing going to be any anything hard anymore because God's there, then like that's going to be a lot harder on you because you when you hit those low moments, you're going to be like, this isn't what I signed up for. Because you didn't realize what you signed up for. You didn't realize that there's going to be challenging moments in life, and that that's just the reality of it. Yeah, I, I think that I think that brings up a really um, strong point, and, and that is that all of us are going to deal with doubts. You know, I've heard people say, well, if you have faith, you won't doubt. And I go, okay, show me that person, because we're, we're all going to have doubts, and especially going through difficult times. We're going to question things. So faith isn't the absence of doubt. Faith is what gives us the strength to trust in Jesus amidst the doubts. You know, to, to be able to say that, you know, maybe the things that I'm dealing with, you talked about mental health issues, you know, maybe that's the issue, or maybe it's another issue, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a different health issue, or maybe it's a relationship issue, maybe it's a work issue. It doesn't really matter. Uh, we're going through what, what some in the Christian faith have called that dark night of the soul. You know, we're, it's just a dark time. And doubts are going to be there. And again, faith isn't the absence of doubts. Faith is, I believe in Jesus. I believe what the Word says is true. So my faith is what gives me the ability to rise above my doubts and to walk with Him. And so if I don't have that faith... In God's word, right? Because that's the number one way that, that God grows us in him is through his word. If, if I don't have that understanding, that trust, and that walk with Christ in, in his word, right? And then when you're right, Will, when you, when you hit those hard times, what do you have? Mm-hmm. You have to create your own truth. you got to borrow someone else's truth. Or you're just in despair. Mm-hmm. And, and I think if I, if I look at our culture, if I could pick a word, despair is one of those words. I see a lot of desperation. Elijah, talk to that a little bit. You're involved in, in, in some ministries that deal directly to this, and so you're, you're, you're face-to-face with it so often. You know, mm-hmm. I think of Celebrate Recovery. I think working with students. I think of beyond the conversations you're just having with friends. What, what place 
What's the difference do you see? Maybe here's a direct question. What, what, is the, what is the difference you see between somebody who sees God's word as truth and someone who doesn't? And I'm talking about even those who, who say I'm Christian. Yeah. Despair is a good word. I think one of the major differences in those two categories of people is if you're not pulling your truth from Scripture, from Christ, when you encounter those tough times like you're talking about, there's you don't have anything to turn to. And so I think about like specifically, you know, I'm involved in celibate recovery. I've been um, gone through multiple 12 steps. and it's, Which is like a small group of working through those issues right, and helping yep. each other out. Small core group of guys, um, you know, that work through those twelve steps and those principles together. But some of the some of the things that come out in in those step studies is um, people reaching a point in their lives where they're like, "I've tried everything else, and I have I've tried to find." I think in the beginning they use words like happiness and enjoyment from all these other things, whether it's a failed relationship or it's a substance or it's whatever. They come into it and they're like, none of those things have worked. And there's, um, there's like, I'm, you know, at the bottom of my rope kind of deal. And um, man, just the, the, the stark life change that happens when those people start to rely on Christ and find their truth and their identity in in Him, you know. And um, they, they'll be the first to tell you. And I'm one of those people. I keep re- I keep referencing them, but I'm in that category also, <laughs> you know. Um, they will be the first to tell you that not every day is a cakewalk, but they they can have faith in Jesus Christ to, to know that he's in control. And so the things that were out of control in their lives are now under his control. And um, I think there's uh, one of the – like a big mind shift that happens um, is this, this difference of like there's there's two – there's two cultural understandings of this faith in Jesus. I think I think we've we've dulled down what faith in Jesus means. Hmm. And I think a lot of us are quick to say, yeah, I have a faith in Christ, you know. But do you have faith in Christ? And huh. that that takes commitment and intentionality and energy, you know. Um because I think that's 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 where that big distinction comes from, you know. Um, yeah, when you when you when you make that commitment to to fi- to finally have some faith um, in Christ, you you start to see change, and you you start to you start to get on the right path. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I you know I want to separate the two terms to enjoy and enjoy because mm. the Word of God tells us that we can have joy even in the midst of struggle. Right, but enjoying it is 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 to me sort of crazy, right? Like when I go through a tough time and someone says, "Hey, are you enjoying that?" No, mm-hmm. um, but but can I find joy? Yeah, because I know God's working. In other words, I have faith. I, I don't see it. I don't know how it's going to work. But you know, I came across this the other day. I thought it was pretty good. The question was um, basically, um, do you have a problem in your life? And, and the question is, should we worry about that problem? So the so it's sort of a graph that no one's going to be able to see. So I'm going to do my best in describing mm-hmm. it because it has to do with what we're talking about here. Do you have a problem in your life? If the answer is no, then the obvious answer is don't worry. Then right. If the answer is yes, then the other question is is this: Can you do something about it? If you can't do anything about it, then don't worry. 
Like you can't do anything about mm-hmm. it anyway, right? And if you can, then don't worry. Do that thing you can do. And, and I was looking at that, and this wasn't from a, a, a Christian author. Or what, you know, it was just it was just advice of working through struggle. You know, and again, not even tied to scripture, but yet so scriptural. You know, because Jesus says, "Don't worry." You know, trust me. In fact, when he talks about peace um, through Paul, so Paul's inspired to write about peace, and I can't help but he's thinking about what, what Jesus said, you know, about don't worry about these things. God will take care of them. Um, and Paul says, look, it, it, you know, just through prayer and, and thanksgiving, you know, give all these things over to the Lord, then the peace of God that surpasses mm-hmm. all understanding will guard our mind in Christ Jesus. And, and so I was thinking about this, do you have a problem, and working through it. And I thought, we as believers, if we really trust in Christ— are able to overlay on top of that, God's got this. That's faith in action. Yeah. And if we can do something, he's going to lead us to do it, we'll do it. And if we can't, then he's in control. And some people look at that and say, you know, well, then you, you, he's just your crutch. You're trying to hide from life. And I'm like, no, he's my life support system. He's not my crutch. He's everything. Mm-hmm. And he's the only one that can allow me to have joy in the midst of struggle. But I've got to walk his way. I can't go, okay, God, I'm not going to give you everything. I'm not going to pray and say, God, help me have the strength to trust you in this. I'm going to I'm going to take care of 50% of it. And you take care of 50, and 50% of peace ain't all that bad. It, it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. God, we, Either God's word's truth, and, we, and, we, and we, we were studying it and asking the Spirit of God to, to give us wisdom on how to apply it to our lives, or it's not. And, um, you know, Ryan, we've had conversations about this in the past, and just, just the... Um, sometimes the lack of desire to engage in God's word, right? Like, like I think people are, are, are more than willing to have spiritual conversations. Yes. But to do the work of having spiritual conversations that are going to lead to truth, God's word has to be central, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it, otherwise, all we're doing is throwing opinions, my truth, your truth. Yeah. What about true truth? You know, if we're going to call God's word, Francis Schaeffer would call that true truth. Mm-hmm. He said, because everyone says they have their truth, but what, what they say is truth isn't necessarily truth, right? The true yeah. truth being God's word. Talk to me about that. I mean, that, that's, that must be hard. Yeah. Uh, I know it is, because I've had mm-hmm. conversations with people, too. It's not a generational thing. This is just a reality for people. They yeah. say, no, no, I want to have this spiritual conversation, but I don't necessarily want God's truth to, to bear yeah. into the conversation. Yeah. Culture has just lended itself to... Um, culture loves to tell you what your truth should be or what another person's truth is. And if you're not in what we would say is true truth in God's word, then you have about 50 to 100, probably even more truths being thrown at you. And you have to then, if you're not in the word, decipher and figure out these multiple truths, which one you believe is the truest of the truths. So just in that sentence, there can't be 50 to 100 truths. There's one. There can't be. Just thinking about it logically, I can't tell you a lamb or a lion is a tiger and a jaguar. I can't tell you that. Just because I say, well, it's a big cat, so to me it's a tiger. Well, no, it's a lion. Just because it's a big, you know, when you break it down to scripture and to what truth really is, you can either accept, and I've, I've been telling this to my small group as well as to my, uh, to my eighth grader small group, 
is there's only two choices ever that is choosing Jesus or not choosing Jesus. There's not a difference or there's not another third option. Um, and you might ask like, well, what does that mean? Like, may, can I be wandering? Can I be? According to truth, which is scripture, you're either and, – and Chris a while ago said it really, really well in his script. Pastor in, Chris? Pastor Chris in his message. Who's a pastor on staff here at Crossroads. Yes. Said it really well, which is if you're actively following Jesus, there's three things that has to happen. You accept him and you're following him in your life. You're accepting that he's going to change you. And that change is going to happen. And three, after all that happens, you are going to been you're going to then be looking to help bring and I forget the word he used, but essentially bring more disciples into scripture, into truth. And when you take that into account, if you're not at least doing those first two things, because you can either, you can be a disciple and you can be a disciple maker. If you're not doing those first two things, then it kind of boils down to the question that we've been asking is, do you have a faith in Jesus? Because there's not change without that. There's not. Like I, I can't – if I'm in the faith for 20 years but I'm the exact same person I was before it, nothing's happened. Can, can, we, can, can we then extrapolate from that? Yeah. When we look at God's word that <laughs> – I want to say this carefully, but mm-hmm. not, right? I got to say it clearly. Maybe maybe I'll just say it, and then we'll throw it out there, yeah. sort of throw it in the middle of the table, um, that it's inconsistent scripturally mm-hmm. to claim to be a follower of Christ and not be changed. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I, I, I can't... I've, I became a Christian at 18. I was not raised in a Christian household. I cannot sit back and say, if Christ wasn't in my life... Now, remember, I wasn't always actively claim I wasn't always actively following Jesus while claiming to be a Christian. There's ups and downs, but I cannot say that my life isn't almost a 180 degree difference from where it was when I became before or before I became a Christian. I just can't because I've accepted the fact that there is one truth. And if you accept the fact that there is one truth with that truth with scripture, then all of those 50 to 100 truths that are being thrown at you all of a sudden go away. And that's a change in itself because now you're not walking through life just absorbing truths. You know the truth. You have one. You don't have to argue about other people's truths anymore because you have it. You know, it's interesting. Paul in Romans 1 talks about that. He says, you know, they exchange the truth of God for a lie. And he uses a specific, um, um, you know, sin that people wrestle with. Some people wrestle with there, but, but it's not. To me, it's not the point that Paul's pointing out. That's sort of the illustration to point out what he's talking about. But how easy it is to exchange the truth of God for a lie, to to try to take another truth that isn't truth at all, and say, no, this is truth. But he says, no, the, the problem is they've exchanged it. They, they've taken the truth of God in it for a lie. You know, Hebrews four twelve as as we're, as we're talking about God's word. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And for me, 
that's why uh, the last podcast, I, I say this quite a bit because it's true. You know, we were talking about sometimes, it, you know, when you're reading the Word of God, is it enjoyable? Um, sometimes there's a holy ouch moment, you know, because what does it do? It, it, it discerns the thoughts and intentions of my heart. And as much as I want to be able to say with all honesty, uh, I, w- I would love to be able to say, oh, man, my heart's always in the right place. It's not. And so it's that time in God's Word and knowing God's Word. It's not just like reading it. It's, it's, it goes with you, right, when you're in it and, and you're, you're meditating on it throughout the day. You know, if you take a – you know, I, I often um, will look at um, this, for instance, as an illustration. You know, when, it, when the Scripture says love your enemies, that's a cute message for Sunday morning, you know, for people to listen to. It's it, People bring it up. Hey, that's what separates Christians from – we love our enemies. Come on. That's a big one, and, and you need you need to really. I need. I was putting it on myself. I need to sit back and go. You know what? Sometimes I'm not even loving my friends the way I should. You know, and, and I don't mean out of like this guilt of condemnation. No, I just mean I just want to. That's where the joy in life comes in. I love Christ. I love the fact that God loves me, that he loved me so much. He demonstrated his sin, his only son to down the cross for my sins, resurrected for my salvation. I want to be the person he created me to be. And the joy comes in, but even in the midst of the struggle, when you have that holy ouch moment with your time alone with God, my time alone with God, where I'm like, man, you know, I don't know if I'm loving my wife like that, yellow my enemy. Um, where, where, where I'm like, Lord, give me the strength. Help me, help me love like Jesus loves. Help me learn what that's like. Now, they're dangerous prayers because that means it's going to put me in situations where I'm going to need to put that into practice. But if I really believe that God's way is the way, then I it's inconsistent for me to come to him and, and, and say, no, I want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, maybe more Savior than Lord. Maybe I just want to accept that he died for me, but then let me do my thing. It's just inconsistent. You know, when Christ made it really clear, deny yourself, pick up a cross, follow me. And, and so I, I, I wonder, you know, when we're having conversations, how, how do we help people who maybe don't see the importance of God's word or, or at least the true truth of God's word in, the, in these? How do, we, how do we help ourselves and how do we help them um, see the importance of that in their daily living? Can I hop in real quick? Yeah, please. I When I hear that, I hear... So to help answer that question, and everybody jump in whenever you need to, but no one, I think, in that just is just living a normal life would say, I don't need to take care of my body. I don't need to take care of my mental health. Or I don't need to take care of this. Like, I'm good. I think everyone at some point gets to, hey, I want to at least keep my mind and my body healthy enough. You know, some people, you know, I struggle with that to points, but you want to at least keep yourself healthy. Well, we're totally fine as non-believers and believers to say, yes, you should be keeping your body and your mind healthy. All of a sudden you throw spiritual, spiritual, like Christ into the mix and scripture and your walk with Christ and you say, okay, everything you're doing for your body and for your mind, you need to be doing the same for this, that's when then we're like, that's too tough. Because someone who works out often would say, yeah, I need to go put in about 
four hours of working out this week, four to five hours of working out, so I can maintain a healthy body. Well, when it comes to Christ, and I'll lump myself into this too because I've walked down this exact same path. A lot of people who are in the faith say, I'm good with an hour a week. In other words, just coming to church. Just coming to church. Which which is a shame because if you're only if you only hear about Jesus from somebody else, even mm-hmm. a trusted pastor, I mean I hope people can trust me. But if you're only hearing about Jesus from somebody else, you're only getting a reflection of that experience. You're like, yeah. you're not experiencing it. You're getting a reflection. It'd be mm-hmm. like me marrying my wife Krista, but never hanging out with her, just having one of her friends tell me how nice she is. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just this weird thing. And I want to piggyback on what something you just said about bodily training. You know, Paul writes, you know, he's writing to his young protege, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4. And in verse 8, he says, For while bodily training is of some value, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting yeah. you say that because it instantly I, that first came to my mind because I thought I thought Paul's really addressing that. He says, you know, no one here would ever, even though, let's face it, I mean, I'll speak for myself. There's definitely times in my life where I'm not taking care of my body right. the way I ought to. Same. I certainly wouldn't say I shouldn't. Right. Yeah. You know, and and and, and so you know, and I do know that I feel better when I do. Yeah. Like when I'm eating right, when I'm exercising, I feel mm-hmm. much better when I'm not. And so Paul's saying that. He understands that people understand that basic principle. But when we talk about our spirit, you know, who we are in Christ, you're right. I think it's so easy to, to put that to, to the side. You know, Will, you know, Will, when you were talking about people, you know, who you're doing life with at school, have sort of, I don't know if you'd say walk away from the faith, but certainly have decided to put their faith aside for a little bit. I guess that's walking away from it. Um, <laughs> Talk to me a little bit about what you would believe. Now you're you're projecting it, so you know you can't speak for them per se. But but you have had the conversation. You're doing life with them. What value do they put on their spiritual development? Hmm. Well, you know, I would say it's hard because um, again, what we said like that priority. Um, we said you feel better when we're talking about working out and stuff. You feel better when you work out. And you eat right, and that like that can transcribe the faith when you're in your in the word and stuff like that. But I uh, I know me and Ryan have uh, like we've talked about even that struggle when you are at a Christian school and your homework is to read the Old Testament. Then when do you get your your time alone with Him? Because that's not your time alone with God. Reading Genesis isn't for a class. Is not when you're getting scripture out of it. When you're doing like stuff like that. So then it kind of, you kind of feel like you're, like you feel like, oh, since these are my classes, you can very easily fall into that trap of now this is, that's where I'm, my faith is lying. I'm, I'm reading the Old Testament, therefore I'm getting something out of it with Christ, but you don't. Like you need other time within the Word and uh, just with God and prayer and stuff, and that can get pushed to the side when you're doing it for classes. And I think that's kind of how it happens when you're in ministry and if you don't put that first and you don't put your faith first before your classes and other things, like it's going to go on a back order because you think you're doing it anyways. 
You know, that's a good place to, to sort of pause and, and pick up for for our third part of this three part series, right? If you series is that okay to call it a series, producer over there? Sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, with our roundtable discussion here, is the reality that you're talking about a Christian college, but I think. And I'd like us to sort of unpack this a little bit as we get really practical of what we're doing, we, the four of us, to help uh, us grow in our faith. Because I think there's some people out there who say, okay, well, what, what are you doing? You know, what, 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 what do you believe is helping you grow in Christ? But I think, that, I think there is a real question, not just in a Christian school, but just in the Christian subculture. And there is this Christian subculture where there's a ton of books, ton of podcasts, and by the way, thanks for listening to this one. Don't not listen to it. Ton of podcasts, ton of. Uh, I mean, you can listen to you can listen to preachers twenty four seven. I have friends. I'm like, do you have a life? Because they're listening to one message after another message after another message. Um, now, by the way, a lot of them are the same people who would say to me, "But I don't have time to to study God's word." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and that's problematic, right? And so, so what do we do? What what does what what does it look like? For us, in the midst of all these cultural challenges, to make sure we're in the truth, so to speak, God's word, to help direct our lives. And so that's what we're going to pick up with our third podcast in this series next next week. Uh, for now, I, I do, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we, we do not take for granted you taking time out of your busy schedule and, and making this podcast a priority. Um, if you want to learn about all things uh, dealing with this podcast, Crosswinds, uh, our church, uh, all you have to do is go to crosswinds.church. That's where you can find out about all things Crosswinds. Uh, this podcast, you can reach out to us. Um, you can give us topic ideas. We'd love to hear from you. But for now, be blessed and bless others. 